step into the wondrous realm of Exavalon, where mythical beings and magical creatures coexist in a world of enchantment and wonder. From humans to undead, elves to dwarves, knights to pirates, and orcs to barbarians, Exavalon is a diverse land filled with fascinating characters and legends. However, a grave danger looms over the land as the nefarious necromancers seek to usher in an era of darkness and despair. The stakes are high, but there is still hope, for heroes have risen to the call, ready to face a threat head-on and restore peace to the land. As you venture forth into Exavalon, you will witness breathtaking landscapes and experience unforgettable adventures. You will encounter dragons, demons, and other formidable foes, as well as make friends with loyal companions and wise mentors. Join us on this epic quest as we strive to defeat the necromancers and preserve the magic and wonder of Exavalon. From epic battles to heartwarming moments of bravery and friendship, Exavalon is a world like no other, and we invite you to be a part of it. Welcome to the Knights of Exavalon. It is a long tale. How we ended up here in the middle of the southern Dread Sea, with no allies, no friends, and forsaken by my order. However, before I begin my tale, allow me to introduce myself. I am Sir Reginaldi, the Dragon Slayer. I am a member of the Knights of Andrei Sacre, or the Knights of the Holy Order. The sea monsters are coming out now that it is dusk. Perhaps it is best that I stop rowing. I did not end up here by choice. As a knight, we are supposed to rid the world of evil. Our end goal is to defeat every demon, monster, witch, and evil that terrorizes mankind. The Knights of Exavalon are to protect the people, the king, the kingdom, and the church. All of our food, supplies, and a room at the castle is provided for us. If we want to make money, we can take on bounties to capture or kill dangerous people, creatures, or monsters. The higher the threat, the higher the reward. The king believes that the bounty system gives us knights incentive to go after dangerous level threats that are plaguing the kingdom. Otherwise, without a reward system, a knight would go after easy targets. So far, this bounty system has worked. However, sometimes a knight will try and cheat the bounty system by killing another knight and stealing his bounty. Those who are found guilty, which they all are, they are sent to their doom on the middle of the southern Dread Sea. All they are given is a rowboat. No supplies, food, or water. Most men do not make it a full day. They allow their fears to cause them to row during the night, which is a life-ending mistake. The sea monsters, sharks, and leviathans hunt at night. They are attracted splashes. The bigger the splash, the more it attracts them. Rather than stop rowing and waiting for dawn, the men will panic and start rowing with even more determination. I must mention that surviving is not a matter of simply not rowing. It takes a bit of luck as the sea horrors will knock into your boat. If you happen to fall in, it is best to accept your fate 
and allow the dark seas to swallow you. Now, let's talk about the second problem, where to go. Nobody knows what lies to the south. Ships have sailed to the unknown seas of the south, but no ships have ever come back to report on what they found. With a rowboat, the lands to the east and west are too far to make, which leaves only the lands of the north, which you will find no more welcome. Did you hear that? That unholy noise? That is the sounds that come from Volgrazev, lands best to be avoided at all costs, but the only lands that the robot can make it to. The last place you would want to go is Volgrazev, the unholy lands of the necromancers. That used to be the magical land Pomerium Magicae, where all sorts of magical creatures lived. There were halflings, gnomes, fairies, sprites, and even giants. They loved when people would visit and always welcomed their guests. Those creatures were slaughtered by the army of the high necromancer Yoder after he betrayed them. Slowly the land was turned in the horror of death that it is today. The beautiful, magical beings of Pomeria Magicae are now part of Yoder's undead army. So really, the best thing one could do was give up hope and accept death after being abandoned on a rowboat in the southern Dread Sea. Still, there was something inside me that keeps me moving forward. I made a sacred oath that I would defeat the evil that plagues this world until my last breath. Right now, there is no greater evil than that controlling the Odrei Sacre. This is an unholy storm. I can hear and feel the evil within it. I have no choice but to row for a deserted island. There are numerous islands around Volgrasev, all full of evil, wicked beings. The safest should be the Bone Shark Tooth Island, an island that was created from the tooth of a great bone shark. But I need not worry about them. They went extinct in the age of the Titans. If you went closer to that woman, that beautiful woman, it would mean your doom. Not a quick Help. doom either. That woman is no woman, but it's a tail end of the barbed-tailed torment leviathan. The leviathan sticks his tail out with the fake woman. Help. The woman pleads for help, urging you to come closer and closer until <laughs> you are within arm's reach. She will grab you in a bear hug. Her power is too strong for any man to break free. Not that you would want to. Her smell is sweet, and her lips are soft, and her breasts are warm, making it so that no man 
poor woman would want to leave her grasp. Once she has you in her grasp, the Leviathan will stick its head out of the water. If you have never seen a Leviathan, it is a terrible sight to behold. Its head looks like that of a mix between a dragon and a shark. Their teeth are just as sharp and strong as a dragon's. The worst part about Leviathans is that they trap your soul, meaning if one bites you, your soul will be trapped within the Leviathan. If that was not enough, the Leviathan will eat your body and heal it every day, so it can enjoy eating your body over and over again. The only way to stop the cycle is to free the soul from the Leviathan. Nobody, not even the knights, know how or heard of anyone doing so. So avoid them at all cost, or risk your soul to never-ending torment. Another reason to avoid Volgrasa. Necromonsters and Leviathans are drawn to each other. Volgrasif has become a second home to the Leviathans. Up ahead, land! The rowboat is taking on so much rainwater that I won't make it much further. God's bane! Something large is coming this way. I am dead if it is a Leviathan. Not a Leviathan, but still deadly. Sounds like a ghost tentacle squid. Slow creatures, even in the sea. But they have a 50-foot tentacle that are hard to escape. Almost there. Come on, almost there. Almost there. I just need to make it to the island. So close. Oh my god. Oh. <coughs> Daylight. I made it through the night. It is unlikely, but I must find drinking water and food. Then I can sleep. Smells like fire and fish. The smell is coming from the cave. Could be my salvation or damnation. I don't care either way. That is close enough, Knight. I mean you no harm. The smell of your fish drew me in. Who sent you to kill me? It does not matter, you have failed. My arrow is notched and aimed at your heart. Any last words? What is an elf orc abomination doing here of all places? Living. I mean you no harm. I am Sir Reginaldi, the Dragon Slayer. I was excommunicated from the knights, and an abomination like you. My boat crashed here when I was attacked by a ghost tentacle squid. I do not know about that. Come sit. Have some fish and dale. As an orc, I am bound to give you a last meal before killing you. Thank you. Will you allow me to tell you the tale of why I was excommunicated? You know, Elf Orc, I am like you, despised for something that was out of my control. Fine, tell me your tale. You are dead anyway. Welcome to the History of Exavalon. Hello, my name is Aldor the Wise, and welcome to my library. I am one of many historians of Exavalon. It is my job to compile the history of Exavalon, good or bad, holy or unholy, just or unjust. It is my job 
to write down what happened. We historians belong to the ancient order of Thoth. I have been doing this job since I was a kid. It is all I have ever known. I inherited the role from my father, Doldolph. We are to write down history as it happens, and not whether we agree with it or not. We do not interject our own feelings, nor strive to edit history to fit into any religious or political beliefs. For we are the historians of Exavalon. Today I bring you a tale from the age of the church in the year 1998 CE called The Emerald Rot. It is a tragic tale of wickedness and greed that claimed many lives, one of those being the queen's. The tale begins in a ghost maple forest at the dead tree. The dead tree sisters sought revenge against Sir Gladahor for killing the grand witch, Winhilda Blackblood, and her tree wraith, Thornrax. For years, they waited for the perfect time to exact their revenge. Finally, the time came. Sir Gladahor had saved the people of White Pine Village from a cave troll that was terrorizing them by killing the miners and kidnapping maidens in the middle of the night. Without the ability to mine, the people of White Pine Village would not be able to survive. The battle between Sir Gladahor and the cave troll was an epic one. Cave trolls are no easy target. Their skin is rock hard. Even the sharpest sword has a hard time cutting through its flesh. Many lesser knights have thought they were delivering a killing blow only to have one delivered to them. After hours of battling, Sir Gladahor finally delivered the killing blow by stabbing his sword upward through the cave troll's open mouth into its brain. To show their appreciation, the people of White Pine Village filled a chest full of green emeralds that they mined and had it brought to Sir Gladahor at Caterborough Castle. The young man that they sent to deliver the emeralds was in a hurry. Apparently, he had a favorite brothel and rat squalor that he liked to visit. The sooner he delivered the emeralds, the sooner he could visit the brothel. In his rush, he ignored the warning not to pass through the ghost maple forest, but passing through the forest would save him two days of riding. This young man believed that there was nothing to be afraid of in the ghost maple forest. All of those stories of ghosts, ghouls, demon trees, witches, and monsters were simply cautionary bedtime tales that parents told their children to scare them into being obedient. You are most likely to get lost in the forest than meet a ghost or a witch. The young man made a choice. Instead of turning to the east and going through the mountain pass, he continued south through the ghost maple forest. It was a small choice that had such a big impact on hundreds of lives. It was dark and dreary inside the forest, even though it was daylight out. The young man felt hundreds of eyes watching him from the shadows. He felt uneasy as he rode further into the forest. He should have turned the horse and wagon around and left, but he reasoned that it was but his imagination. Then the worst possible thing happened to him. He got lost. Instead of taking the path to the left, he took the path to the right, which led him to the heart of the ghost maple forest, right to the dead tree. Now, do not get upset at the young man for getting lost. Once he entered the forest, he was destined to end up in front of the dead tree. Before he could leave, he was surrounded by the dead tree sisters, awful, 
wicked, corrupted beings whose only love is to make others suffer terribly. The witches took the emeralds and placed them in front of the tree of their decayed sister, Amaranth, who ate the flesh of the great dragon, Isisriel the Decayed. Isisriel the Decayed was slayed by Sir Reginaldi the Dragon Slayer. But how Sir Reginaldi slayed Isisriel is a tale for another time. To prevent herself from being completely overtaken by the decay, Amaranth sealed herself into a tree that is now known as the Tree of Decay. It is said that a touch from the tree will spread its rot to the victim or object that touches it. The dead tree sisters used the Tree of Decay to spread decay and rot to the emeralds before sending the young man on his way to the castle wiping his memory of the horrors he witnessed in the heart of the ghost maple forest. Thankfully for Sir Gladahor, he was at Hearthright training the next generation of knights. The royal guards took the chest and placed it in the king's treasury. One of the guards was less than reputable and informed a thief from Rat Squalor about the chest that was delivered for Sir Gladahor. They had three days before Sir Gladahor would return and take possession of the chest. The thief was hesitant until the guard informed him that he was guarding the treasury on the second night and that nobody would know the chest was missing. Even if somebody did find out, they would both be living in faraway lands with their new found wealth. The thief grew impatient and decided to break into the treasury that night. Perhaps if he was a good thief, he may have gotten away, but he was a clumsy thief who got caught in the king's treasury by a guard. The thief grabbed the chest and jumped through the window. The guards chased the thief through the streets all the way to Rat Squalor. The thief was almost to his hideout when an arrow pierced his back. The thief fell and the chest went flying through the air. The moment the chest hit the cobblestone road, it broke open scattering the emeralds throughout the streets. The poor people of Rat Squalor quickly snatched the emeralds and ran away from the guards. Who can blame these poor people? One emerald was more wealth than a lot of them would see in their lifetime. Unfortunately for these people, their greed caused them to be infected with a decay that was called emerald rot. Anyone that touched an emerald was infected with the rot which caused the infected skin to turn green and rot away. The longer you had the emerald in your possession, the more severe and painful the rot was. Hundreds of people in rat squalor, including women and children, died from emerald rot. The king quarantined the people of rat squalor, thinking that it was a poor, dirty person's disease brought on from all of the rats. It seemed that all was well and the rot had been contained until the queen got infected. You see, before the thief stole the chest, the queen took one of the emeralds to put in her daughter's new crown for her birthday. Thankfully, the princess never received that crown, else this tale might be even more tragic. The king had all of the emeralds collected and put in a chest that now resides in one of his abandoned dungeons. It is not confirmed, but suspected, that the king uses this abandoned dungeon, now called the Dungeon of Decay, 
for those he considers traitors. How is one to know if these stories are true, for no one smart enough would get within ten feet of the dungeon that houses the Emerald Rot? That concludes my first tale, The History of the Emerald Rot. Come back another night, and I will tell you about the history of Datula the Forever Maiden. Welcome to the Stories of Exavalon. The boy who dreamed, died, and lived again. In the capital of Gethsemane is a wretched, poor, accursed city called Rat Squalor. The people who live in Rat Squalor fight every day for food, water, and to ease their suffering. Some people have accepted the fact that they will never escape Rat Squalor in this lifetime, while others believe that someday they will leave Rat Squalor in this lifetime. They have dreams that the cruel reality of life has not dashed yet, while others believe dreams are only meant to be lived with your eyes closed. This, like most tales in Rat Squalor, is one of tragedy and death. The story begins in the horny toad brothel with an expecting mother in her early 20s. This mother had an 8-year-old son named Gideon from her husband who was stabbed to death after he couldn't pay back his debts. Those debts fell upon the young mother who had only one way to earn her money, to work in the brothel. Perhaps if she lived until she was 50, she might repay those debts back. But she had accepted this life at the brothel and had always hoped for a better life for her son. A spark of hope came when she, along with other whores, were summoned to the temple of Gihozram. You see, the knights of Odre Sacre were forbidden from sexual relations, but seeing that they were still men who had appetites, the king looked the other way as long as they didn't sire any children or get married. The knights were forbidden to visit brothels, so the church had the whores brought to the temple. If anyone asked why the whores were being brought to the temple, the church and king could say it was the great god Gyozom's mercy, and that these women were being absolved of their wicked ways. The church was not worried about any of the whores telling about what really went on during their visit, for who would believe a whore over a priest? Even if they got pregnant, there was no way to tie the knight back to the whore's baby. Now, there have been times when a whore tried to blackmail the church or talk too much about what happened. Those women were all found dead. When somebody dies in rat squalor, nobody ever questions why or how they died. Most women know to keep their mouth shut about this. Uh, there are financial benefits for servicing the knights. The church pays off your debts to the brothel over the next five years. The young woman found herself deep within the temple of Gyozram as the knights of Odre Sacre walked in. The knights began picking girls based upon their ranks. The first knight to pick was Sir Benedict, who was older but was rumored to be a violent man who enjoyed hearing women cry as he fucked them. Other than Sir Benedict, the only other knight she hoped didn't pick her was Sir Talbot, the Titan. He was a brute of a man who could easily split a person in half with one swing of his blade. Women who slept with him were lucky to leave alive, as he usually tore them open 
and left them with a broken pelvis, the church couldn't let these women leave in such condition, so they brought them to the sea in the middle of the night and threw them to the sharks. To this young woman's surprise and relief, she was chosen by Sir Gladihor. Sir Gladihor was not only the bravest knight, but he was handsome and kind. Her time with Sir Gladihor was passionate, and oh, how she wished her time with him never came to an end. The ride back to Rat Squalor, she smiled as she remembered her time with Sir Gladihor. This would be a memory that she would think about while other men had their way with her. She knew that she would never be satisfied like the way Sir Gladihor satisfied her. To her surprise, a month later, she found out she was pregnant. She had been with other men since being with Sir Gladihor, and they too spilled their seed inside her, but she knew that her baby was Sir Gladihor's. She decided right then that her baby, boy or girl, was going to be named Gladimore. Sure enough, when the baby boy came out, he looked just like Sir Gladihor. This woman was smart enough to not say a word, but as her son grew older, she told him that his father was a brave knight. This only fueled the boy's desire to leave Rat Squalor and become a knight, as it did to fuel his older brother's jealousy. Gideon hated that Gladimor was a dreamer who spent all day and night practicing with a wooden sword and shield that his mother saved up to buy for him. If you remember, the church was supposed to pay off the debts to the brothel within five years. Well, after two years, the Grand High Priest died, and the new Grand High Priest nulled and voided the deal, leaving those women with only two years paid off. Gladimore knew in his heart and soul that he was going to become a knight and rescue his mother from that terrible place. You see, now that she was reaching her 30s, she wasn't getting the same customers that she used to. The only men that saw her were the mean, ugly ones who liked to be rough. The only thing that gave this woman hope was seeing Gladimore practice with his sword and shield and to tell him about the brave stories of his father, Sir Gladihor. One day, when Gideon and Gladimore were out in the streets, Gladimore found a green emerald. Gideon wanted to take the emerald and buy food, drink, and women. He was 16 years old and wanted to do the things other boys his age were doing. Gladimore wanted to free his mother from the brothel and go to Caterborough Castle to become a knight. Gideon argued that he was older and the emerald was his by birthright. No matter how much Gideon yelled or hit him, Gladimore refused to let go of the emerald. It wasn't until Gladimore hit Gideon in the shins with his wooden sword that Gideon swore and let Gladimore take the emerald. Gladimore ran all the way to the brothel, finding his mother in tears, her face black and blue and swollen. Gladimore excitedly showed her the emerald. They laughed and smiled together, knowing that this was their opportunity out of Rat's squalor. It didn't matter if the emerald was stolen or not. Somebody in Rat's squalor would buy it. What happened, and his mother didn't know, was that this emerald had the emerald rot, a terrible, painful disease that caused a person's skin to rot away eventually leading to a horrible death. When the brothel owners found out that she had touched an emerald with a rot, they took her into the alleyway and killed her. 
it was better to make it a quick death than let her suffer and possibly infect others. Gladimore was watching from the shadows when his mother was killed. He wanted to run out with his sword and shield and protect his mother, but all he could do was cower there in fear. Later on, he found his brother and told him about their mother. The boys lived in an abandoned house that was full of rats and garbage. Every day, Gladimore got more inflicted with the emerald rot, until he eventually died. Gideon wept over his brother, crying to the sky that it should have been him who died and not his mother and brother. Now, around this time, there was a priest of the Church of the One True God in Rat Squalor Branch who was raising people from the dead for free. Gideon felt so guilty that he decided that he was going to find this priest and have him bring his brother back to life. Once his brother was back to life, he was going to take him to Caterborough Castle so he could become a knight. Finding the priest was easy. All he had to do was ask around. Gideon told the priest about his brother and his dream to be a knight. The priest came by that night, said a strange prayer over Gladimore, and almost instantly he came back to life. Gideon thanked the priest and would have offered him money if he had any, but the priest said, he does this because Gyozram guided him to the sacred book that had the prayers to bring back the dead. At first, Gladimore was his normal self, playing all day and night with his sword. But with the passing of each day, his sanity began to leave him. He would attack people for no reason, and his flesh was rotting away. The worst was Gladimore no longer cared about being a knight. He would sit in a corner all day, staring into space, and wander the streets at night, doing all manner of unholy things. Nothing Gideon tried work. Something was wrong with his brother. He went back to the priest to inform him about Gladimore. When he got to the church, there was a handful of knights arresting the priest. It turned out that the book the priest found was a forbidden book of necromancy, the unholy art. The priest knew that the book was evil, but the prayers in this book actually worked. He justified that he was helping people have one more day with their loved ones. Gideon left the church, knowing what he had to do. He had to kill his brother. Gideon went home, grabbed a large stone. Gladimore sat there in his corner, not moving as Gideon bashed in his head. The last words Gideon said were, Thank you, brave knight. You rescued our mother from the dragon that was holding her captive. This has been Tales from Exavalon, including the history of Exavalon, the knights of Exavalon, and stories of Exavalon. Tales from Exavalon is written and produced by Misfit Kid Publishing, LLC, all rights reserved. I would like to take a moment to personally thank you for listening to Tales from Exavalon. I hope you have enjoyed these stories and I hope that you will come back to listen to the other stories that we will be producing. Thank you again and may every day be an adventure. <laughs>